It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now listening to The Professional Girls, it's the kid Ebony from the PhD podcast, the only place where you would hear interviews from Black women anonymously on stories that would enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PhD podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five star reviews only. Hold me down, don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list. So please make sure you visit the link in the show notes below. You can connect with the kid on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl and at the PhD Podcast. If you are on Twitter, please follow me at the PhD Podcast. Now, if you are all caught up with episodes, listen to the bonus episodes by supporting the PhD Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PhD Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So I am super excited to be speaking to my guest today as she will be sharing her story on purchasing her home at 24. So to my guests, how are you doing? I'm good, sis. How you doing? You know, I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> can relate, can relate. Yeah, I mean, y'all, I was just, she was just telling me all the things that she was doing. I'm like, God damn, <laughs> like the busiest 24-year-old I ever met. The crazy thing is, this is how I've been my entire life. Like, I'm always booked and busy, and sometimes yes. it's not even on purpose. So when I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, I have free time, it's like the best thing ever. I'm telling you, like, you're going to be a millionaire real soon, because the way you moving. <laughs> listen, listen, speak it. We speaking it. <laughs> yes. 
So we actually met volunteering at a, a podcast festival and we were like a match made in heaven. And I thought that it would be amazing to have her on the show because I think it is amazing that you are 24 years old and you purchased your home. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So why do you think some parents fail to teach their children about money? Oh, getting right on in there. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think for a lot of families, especially ones coming from black households, um, it's just it's they weren't taught themselves. So they can only pass down what they know. Uh, which I think it is like your own personal responsibility to like, there's so many resources out there now. Like there's almost no excuse to not be able to like go learn it for yourself. Like my dad's favorite line to use when I ask him any type of question, no matter how simple it is. Like I could be like, Hey dad, what time's the game this weekend? And he'd be like, Google it. (laughs) Yeah. That's me. Like my best friend, he, I swear he asked me questions all day. I'm like, did you Google it? literally yeah google has taught me so much so yeah i'm right with your dad mm-hmm. so yeah so i think that's definitely one two things like you know you can't really teach somebody what you don't know and right. you know we can get all deep into the systematic racism of it all but i think that's really it it's just if it's not passed down to you how are you gonna know Right. But I also feel like you made a good point when it comes to like taking accountability for your future. Like if you don't Mm -hmm. know, research, Google, ask, find out, like take some type of initiative and be proactive. Right. Because you're only hurting yourself at the end of the day if you don't. Exactly. Because we're not in the 50s or the 60s no more. Like technology is so advanced. So I hate people like, well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? (laughs) Right. Or even things like TikTok. I'm quick to do a TikTok search on something. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So growing up, what did you notice about your parents' relationship with money? Let's start with your mother. Okay, my mom's relationship with money. Well, my mom was a single mom raising, gosh, I always have to count, one, two, three, three kids (laughs) by herself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she was always managing her money in a way of like, okay, what do we need versus wants? Right. Always made sure we had the needs first. And Of course, it's that thing of a parent. You never want to tell your child no, or you want to be able to give them the best of the best. So I did see my mom, you know, experience some hardships with debt and, you know, uh, what what are they called? Payday loans. And when I was younger, like when we go to this, like when we go to those places, I didn't know where we were. And then I got older and I saw them. I'm like, oh, like that's what that was. And just like hearing stories about it as I got older. So I think it was because, you know, she didn't grow up with a lot. So she was trying just to do the best that she could, but almost in a way that hurt herself in a sense, because then she went into debt and then, you know, it's just trying to climb out of debt already being in a tough situation. It's just not ideal, Mm -hmm. Um, which later in life. Yeah, it's hard, but it's right. It's all, it's just all hard. Um, And later in life, you know, she taught, she told me, she said, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do it. Just do what you can with what you have and the rest will come as it needs to. Mm. So what about your dad? My dad, he, he's my finance guy. He is very, um, people call him frugal man. (laughs) Just because he is very particular about the ways in which he spends his money. Like he's the one who taught me how to make a budget and how to invest in the stock market and all of those types of things. So he's really good about money. He's really the one who showed me like, 
even not paying retail for things just because I didn't even, you know, I was like, eh, whatever. It's just what it is. And he's like, no, look at how much you could be saving mm-hmm. if you really looked at this or couponed or all those types of things. So he was more the stickler on money. Mm. So what was your living situation like? Did, did you grow up in the house? And I, I was thinking about asking this question, but I feel like this question is important for our conversation because a lot of people don't grow up in houses. Yeah, no, I didn't grow up in a house. Well, I lied. I grew up in an apartment with my mom for right. the majority of my life, but my, and my dad had an apartment too. Uh, but once he remarried, they lived in a house. Um, so I kind of, and then my mom eventually moved to a house. So I kind of did like the split thing. Like I know the apartment life and I know like growing up in a home, but I don't know, like, I think what you're getting at, like the cookie cutter lifestyle, where all you remember is growing up in your childhood home. And yeah, no, that's not my experience at all. (laughs) But could you tell the difference from, from like living in, I mean, obviously from living in an apartment and living in the house? Oh yeah. Like even space, just having the amount of space that you can have in a house and not having to be all up under people. Like when we were in our last apartment before we moved in a house and I lived with my mom, uh, I had my own room. Like she made, she kind of spoiled me. She, I had my own room and my sister slept in her room and they had beds in there. And we were in a two bedroom, two bath house. Right. Like I had my own room in the apartment and a bathroom right off of my room. So oh, are you the oldest? I am the oldest. Okay. So that, that's okay. also kind of why, because I was the oldest and there was, you know, an age difference between me and my siblings. So just to kind of give myself that space that I needed. Um, but I will say I like home life, obviously a lot better than apartment life, especially when you're dealing with a family. Now, if you're just by yourself, an apartment's fine, I think. Right, right. So have you always been financially stable? Because I feel like you are a very responsible 24-year-old. <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like I was your typical, like when I got to college, you know, taking money out of your savings to put into the, the, you know, that, that Kevin Hart thing where he was like, well, you know, I got to take money out of my savings because the way my bank account is set up, my checking and my savings. (laughs) (laughs) That was me like every now and then like, Ooh, okay. Let me, I don't, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'll just put $10, take $10 out and I'll put it right right back in too. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't even touch my savings if I don't have to, like, unless it's a true emergency. Right. Just, but that's also, I feel like that's privilege, like Mm -hmm. being able to do that because some people have no choice. And that's also what a savings is for. I feel like a lot of people look at a savings as you put that money in there and you never touch it. Right. Kind of, but like, if you need it, use it. Right. Have you or your mom ever talked about, because I feel like like the only person who really talked to me about finances was like my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn the hard way. Yeah, I'm yeah. Now, yeah, I'm just now like, like I'm, I'm in a really great space. I'm so thankful, mm-hmm. but it took a lot of hard work, especially after my grandmother um passed away. I went through like a serious depression. So my credit went down to like the 400s. <laughs> That's how like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bad. So like, did your mom ever have a conversation with you? Like her looking back, like, I know she told you like, don't do this, but like, did she ever like go in debt? Like did anybody have a conversation with her? No, she never really talked to me about it. And I think it was kind of that thing of wanting to shield your child from that type of thing. Right. And, you know, but I mean, I knew what was going on, obviously, once I got older, but, you know, we never really talked about it or sat down and talked about it or anything. But like I said, my dad was really the one who talked to like straight up, 
no bullshit. <laughs> this right. is what it is. Right. So did you always want to purchase a house or what made you want to do it? So I know I keep talking about my dad, but he, he was the one who influenced me to buy a house or look into buying a house, which it's really funny because when I first got my job, I was like, okay, I'm going to get an apartment and da 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 da, da. And he was like, an apartment? No, you're going to buy a house. And I was like, why would I buy a house? And, you know, he just listed off all the benefits of buying a house, you know, you own it. You're not just putting, cause you know, a lot of people look at it as if you get an apartment, you're just kind of throwing money away. Cause none of it's yours at the end of the day. Right. Um, which is true. But I think it, there's also a thing of whether you live in an apartment or a house of what lifestyle are you trying to live? Right. So like now that I have my house, I do see the benefits of being able to live in an apartment of like not having to take care of your maintenance or, mm. you know, lawn care, like these things that I just didn't even think about at first, which I thought about once I was in the home buying process, obviously. But right. before that, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about all these things like, you know, your heater goes out. That's all you. There's right. nobody that's going to come from maintenance to fix that for you. So, yeah, my dad was the one who definitely swayed my opinion on buying a house and then I was and then the pandemic happened and I was living at home and I said well mine as well save up for one at this right. point I have the funds to do it and who knows if I'll ever be in this place financially ever again so right you also make another good point because I feel like there is such um there's a negative connotation when it comes to like renting like yeah yeah compared to like buying a house and it's like Everybody doesn't have the same desires as buying a house. Like that's not at the top of everybody's list, especially when it's just you by yourself. Right. No, exactly. Like I, I look back on it and I said, you know, again, I have no regrets buying my house, but part, there was always that part of me that was like, man, I wish I kind of would have waited until I had a partner because also splitting mm. bills, man. Yeah. It, I look at my mortgage and I'm like, of course I can afford it. But I'm like, if I had somebody to split this with, right. how much extra money I'd have in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, having a home is ghetto. Like It is ghetto. And nobody wants to talk about that. But it is. Like, right. I scream it from the rooftops all the time. All my friends are like, girl, really? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, no, it is. And I feel like a lot of people are not being honest about it. Like home ownership, don't get me wrong. Like that's my next goal. Like I want to own something because yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Exactly. But it's a big responsibility. Huge. Yeah. Like in, uh, and again, if I didn't have my dad living up the street, like my dad is my lawn man. Mm, <laughs> he's the yeah. one who comes and cuts my grass. Or mm -hmm. if I have a problem, he's the first person I call. And if he can't fix it, then I have to hire somebody to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and that, and that's that money. Support. Yeah. Yeah. That support. And I think that's another thing. Like if you don't have the support buying a house, like obviously you can still do it, but just know, like, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets your ducks in the road, child. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what I, if you're going in, do not go into buying a house like quickly or not. Like if you don't feel fully prepared to do so, don't do it. It's you know, so funny, it. this girl I used to be cool with. Cause like, I was like, this was probably like a year or two ago. Probably when we were just in the height of the pandemic and like my credit score was good. I was stacking my coin. Like I was in a good space and I was preparing for the next chapter in my life. And she was just going so hard for me to get a house. And I was like, you got, your credit is above 650. You got money so you can get a house this and that. 
And I'm just like, and I kept going back and forth because I'm like, I don't know if I want to get a house or not because I don't know where my life is going to take me. Like, I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. have that type of big responsibility. And then I thought about it. I'm like, how the hell are you telling me to get a house and you in a damn apartment? <laughs> Make no sense. <laughs> I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she was just trying to look out for you because in her mind, like having a house, like you're doing good things. So she's like, you know what? I want my friend to have a house and you're in that position to do it. So I want to see you do it and succeed. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt on that one. Girl, I just thought about that damn story. Like, in the fucking- okay, maybe she wasn't in the position in the house. Yeah. But you know what? I always tell people, you just got to mind where the information is coming from. That's always- true. There's nothing wrong with the message. Sometimes it's just the messenger. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely can be the messenger. Because I remember I fought my dad tooth and nail on the whole house and apartment debate. And yeah. he stood his ground hard. He was like, if I were in your position when I was your age, I would have never bought an apartment. I would have immediately gotten to a house. Yeah. If I would have had the support system, like have you had, or if my grandma was still alive, I would have bought it. I would have definitely probably got a house or something. Because even mm-hmm. if things would have went the way it's going now, I probably would have just rented out. Right. Yeah. Because it's yours. Right. You can do what you want with it at the end of the day. You get an Airbnb right. or rent it out, like you said. So there's just so many options once you have the house. Right. So tell us about the process because we all know you are a first time home buyer. Yes. Yes. It was ghetto. Uh, <laughs> this was long and ghetto. Well, it really wasn't that long, honestly. I think the planning phase was long, but the process of like once I started looking to when I got my house, it really wasn't that long. It was a couple months. Well, how long was the planning phase? So I had started, like I so I set a goal for myself. I said, okay, I want this amount of money to be in my savings. And this amount is going towards my down payment. This is a the amount that's going towards, you know, furnishing the house. Cause that's another thing that people don't think about. Yeah. It's like, you gotta buy furniture. Especially like, with that nice taste child. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all these, all these TikToks of people in houses and apartments being like, when you save enough for the down payment, but don't save enough to have yeah. you know, furniture and it's just open spaces and then with their laptop and their dog or whatever. And I'm just like, that is hilarious, but it's true. No, it's true. So I had a whole budget just for furniture and, you know, like little things. And um, so I set that goal and, you know, I set aside that money every month and I didn't touch it, didn't look at it. And then once it got closer to, you know, being like, all right, we're getting there. Let's start looking at real estate agents. What area of the city do you want to live in? So I live in the suburbs, kind of um, like 15 minutes outside of the city. And that was really important to me because everything I do is downtown. So I was like, I don't want to have to drive 30 minutes to do something. Right. Um, and plus the property taxes out in the suburbs is way lower than if you're in the city. So that's another thing you got to think about. Um, but it is nice that you get a tax credit if you own a house. I did not know that until last tax season. I said, oh, this is Bob. <laughs> Yo, you really are. I feel like you're more growner than me. <laughs> Listen, no, no, I'm about to start calling you big sis. Not a switch of positions. <laughs> right. So I'm like, damn, my bitch is really out here. Tax credit? God, listen. <laughs> Not the tax credit. No, but really, that, these are things that when you get a house, you're like, oh shit, I right. have no idea. 
Um, so yeah, just doing all of that. I did a lot of research, um, like even looking into things of like home maintenance, how often should you have your air conditioner looked at? Cause you know, it would suck to be out of it when it's the summertime (laughs) (laughs) to making sure you keep it up. How much does that cost? What companies nearby do you have that do those types of services? Yeah. Having cable, like I still have cable yeah uh, which I think is more of a thing because I didn't have cable when I was younger because I've been looking at my cable bill and I'm like you know that's a little hot no see I don't have cable but I just got my um my new smart tvs and I love smart tvs oh my god I have a smart tv and the thing is I bear like the only real reason that I love having my cables because I can record things which you can do on some girl you know, if you don't turn that damn cable bill off listen 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 they don't have lifetime and I gotta watch my married at first sight they got <laughs> lifetime on the app but you have don't you have to have a cable provider to log into it no I don't think so I'm gonna look it up I'm gonna look it up yeah not for no <laughs> lifetime you paying a cable bill <laughs> I know it's so stupid <laughs> And it's, I think, I think it is that thing of, you know, when you're younger and you couldn't have something and now you have the money to have it, I know, but then I know. you realize and you're like, wait, but now I realize why we didn't have this because it's not a necessity. <laughs> exactly. It's a want. It's a want. It's definitely a want. And in these times, the wants, we gotta, we gotta cut some of them loose. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, like I said, just a lot of research. And then I found the perfect uh, real estate agent, that was something really important to me because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like my, my dad knew what he was doing, but I was like, this is mine though. I want to know what's going on. What what were you looking for in a person? Definitely. I wanted somebody who's black because I just think it's just more relatable when you have somebody who looks like you helping you with something like this, who understands the struggle and you know, what this means to be a young black homeowner. Right. and somebody who was experienced and knew what they were talking about. And someone that I could relate to. And just, you know, if I had any type of question, I didn't feel like it was a dumb question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found my real estate agent. She was a black woman. Gave okay. Her black woman. Okay. <laughs> and she was great. She walked me through the whole process, showed me all my listings. And when I was looking for a house, this was in the time where it was a heavy buyer's market. So, um, you know, I was just, it was fast. Everything that we did was fast. It was like, we looked at a listing one day and I was putting it had to decide if I wanted to put an offer on it the next day. And then if I did want to put an offer on it, did I want to go over asking price? Because back then there was no thing as offering asking price. You had to go right. over asking price. So then that's another thing of finances where I had to be like, okay, but I can't go over too much of this because I have my own budget of, you know, what I'm able to afford to spend on this house. And, you know, if I can't meet that, then this is just not the house for me. Mm. So that's another thing that I think a lot of people, you know, my, you know, you, you watch house hunters and stuff like that on HGTV and you see these people getting these places that are above their budgets. And it's just like, but is that going to be okay in the long run? Like, yeah. cause I always think about what happens if I lose my job tomorrow, yeah. you know? Can I still afford to live where I live? Because ain't nobody trying to be poor and house rich, okay? Right, exactly, exactly. I think that's a a big problem that needs to be addressed more. So that was a lot of the search for me. So I started looking, like actively looking in May of 2021. 
and finally found my house in, I believe, June mm. and closed in July. <laughs> Did you notice the house that you wanted? Like you was like, this is my home. When I walked in, I was, I just had this feeling. I was like, I think this is it. Like oh. it was just checking off all of my boxes. You know, I had looked at homes before and some of them child I was like y'all want to pay how much for this <laughs> like, what are y'all smoking <laughs> right oh that's amazing that's amazing so yeah. were you nervous once you made the offer like talk about that price oh yeah oh my gosh making the offer because there was this one house that oh my gosh I still think about it today but I'm still like no I'm glad I went with my house mm-hmm. um it was part like when I tell you the pictures and on the inside, it was beautiful. I was like, this is it. This is luxury right here. Oh, send me the pictures. If Girl, if I can find, them. I was gonna say, if I can find them, I'll send them. Um, and I remember we were on a beach vacation when I put in the offer for, or had to decide to put an offer on the house. And this was one where I had to go over the asking and just get a little too close for comfort on where I wanted my budget to be. Right. Um, and so I put in the offer and I think I was the, the middle offer that would have been accepted. So there was somebody who outbid me and somebody who was right below me. Um, so I ended up not getting that house and I was pretty upset about it. I was like, dang. And I had been looking for a few, like a few weeks at that point. And it's a very tedious process. Yeah. Um, especially like when you're looking at houses and you're like, all right, no, this is not for me. And then you find one where you're like, oh my gosh, I want this so bad. Right. Um, so I think that was the second house I had put an offer on and didn't get it. Um, and every single time it was just, I was this close, just off by a hair of reaching whatever the higher bidder was. Or, you know, there was people putting in cash offers for these houses. Yeah. All cash. I said, what bank are y'all robbing? <laughs> Who has this kind of money in cash? Yeah. So anywho, but once I finally put an offer on my house and I think it was like a couple days later, because with this, this house, it was all divine, I believe, because I was going, the day I found it was, I was going to look at another house and I had was like, all right, let me just look at the app just one more time. See if there's anything else that catches my eye. Mm-hmm. And this one did the pictures did not do it justice at all, but I was like, okay, but it has potential. So I could go look at it. We're already going to look at houses. Right. And in the description, it was like, you know, they wanted a fast turnaround, like 30 day closing. They were making oh, wow. it like in 24 hours, like it was all really fast. So we came and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is it. This is what I want immediately put my offer in and uh then the next day I found out that I got it I got the phone call from my realtor and I was just so excited it was the best feeling ever oh my god what was your friends and your family reactions oh my gosh they were so pumped my friends are so funny though because I have a third bedroom and like I have my main bedroom and my office and then I have a guest room all of them claim that that's their room oh (laughs) so sweet so, you know, they, they love it. Um, my parents love it. I'm six minutes up the street from my parents. So they love that. My dad is like, oh yeah. It gives him great comfort that I'm right there. Wait, it gives your me mom, comfort too. Your mom live in the area too? No. So my mom lives in Texas. Um, oh, okay, okay. When I say my parents, I mean my stepmom and my dad. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so amazing. I know people be like, yo, this is a boss bitch. Like... <laughs> I think I come to you correct. Like, listen, listen, I have been told I'm very intimidating. And I'm like, I don't 
feel like I am. I'm just another no, person. these niggas just weak. That's all. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, listen, if you're scared to approach me, you're not the guy for me. Yeah. Because not every woman can't be intimidated. Like, we got to stop that. Like, niggas are just weak. That's what that is. Yeah. And then there people be like, oh, well, you know, because usually I go out with my friends or whatever. And they're like, y'all as a, a whole are intimidating because we're just, you know, strong, independent women. I'm like, okay, and boss up. Right. Come over. Come, buy all of us a drink. Right. But you don't look your age either, though. Yeah, I get that a lot, too. <laughs> like, you have a grown woman demeanor, like, yeah, about you, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, I've been t- told that since I was younger, like I've always acted growner than my age, but that's just because of, you know, how I was raised and how I was growing up and had to grow up quickly right. um, with everything that I was facing and going through. So it definitely helped in the end. Like I was a very responsible young child. Like even other people's parents would tell my mom, they'd be like, wow, she is so responsible for her age. I wish my kid would act like that. Do you try to put your siblings on game? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like one of them, she's actually getting ready to go to college next year. So I have been like her master of trying to like make sure everything all the ducks are in a row she's taking her act she's starting her application she's starting you know the the essays and all of that so i am very heavily involved in that process with her you're like um mother goose like mother hand (laughs) yes i i am the mom friend like yeah uh, like even down to like when we go on trips they're like oh i forgot it's not miss mother i can't edit it out (laughs) she just said her name (laughs) y'all like if she planned it like it's gonna be a great time like they don't have to worry about nothing because I don't play right like I'm not I am type a and I have learned to just accept it but I'm not I'm not type a to where I'm like a stickler you know what I mean like I can still have fun and go with the flow but I, I gotta have some type of structure see I know I am type a and I feel like when it's on my time I am a strickler like this is mm-hmm. what we're doing like my time up. and my money oh man like my friends know I like if it's my birthday trip because I don't like planning stuff but if I'm planning something and I plan it and it's for me I need y'all hoes to be ready like be on yep. point like yep. I would turn into I, I would get so mad <laughs> No, it's funny you said it because I just had my 25th birthday trip and I had an itinerary. I had due dates. I had a payment plan. Like yes, my trip yes. was in April and they had the whole PowerPoint slideshow that I made. That's how I feel. That's yep. how I feel. Like I don't play no games. Like, so I'd be telling these bitches like, y'all better come on. <laughs> if, we, if we miss whatever we got going on, I am not going to be a happy camper. Right, right, exactly. And it's nothing wrong with that. So do your friends, like, do they come to you for advice on, like, if they should, because most I'm, I'm assuming most of them rent, right? Yeah, most of it. I have a few friends who have houses, but most of them rent. So do they come to you advice about buying a house or, like, what they should do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of my friends, actually, she she was in the mindset. She was like, I'm going to buy a house, da, 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 da. but then she watched my journey and my struggles, and she was like, uh-uh, nope. she was like that I can't handle that but I think that's real like be real with yourself uh 
because if I were to watch, like if I watched me, I would have been like, yeah, nah, it's not for me. Like I'm girl, I'm talking down even to the roaches. Like, mm. cause I live, like I told you, I live in the suburbs and there's a lot of trees out here. Yeah. Like it's a lot of nature that you have to deal with. Yeah. And so it's like, no matter how clean you are. And I hate that stereotype. It's like, oh, if you got roaches, you dirty. No, right. they come right. where they want to come. Like I even have, I got like spiders and what all yeah. the stuff and having to kill it yourself and having oh, nobody baby. to get it for you. Like, when I tell you I don't like killing no bug mm-mm. but I appreciate you being honest because I feel like like my apartment is beautiful I love my apartment but every now and then I see like a centipede or I see some type mm-hmm. of fucking bug and they yep. can spray all they want to but it's just like a bug is gonna find its way to where it gotta go right like I have pest control so thankfully most of the time if I see a bug it's either dead or dying Right. Um, but there are those times where they get smarter than the pest control and, you know, they avoid it and they still get inside. Where, and then you know what, like you said, being that you're in your nature, I can only imagine what we're trying to come in your house. Listen, I listen too much. I didn't learn too many bug names that oh I, never, I did not know before. And I was like, this is a what? Oh my God. I know you yeah. be about to lose your shit. But like I said, now that I've got a good pest control uh, going, I really don't see them that often. And and now that I've gotten used to the fact that I might see them, it right. doesn't scare me as much. So like when I see something crawling on the corner of my eye, I just quickly run and grab the raid, spray right. it till it stops moving and move on. Yo, don't you hate when you see something at the corner of your eye? You'd be like, yo, I know this ain't no fucking bug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. And it's always when I'm like, oh, I haven't seen anything in a while. Right. That's when it happens. Right. Are you the youngest in your family to purchase a home? Yes, definitely the youngest for sure. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of people in your family own homes? Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, there's a lot more who own homes now. Uh, so I'd say the majority, the, yeah, the vast majority of my family all owns homes. It's like probably, you know, the ones that are around my age, which is very few of us <laughs> who right. have apartments. It's All the adults have homes, though, mm. which so is a blessing. That is a blessing. So there's been a lot of key key on whether a woman should purchase a home before she gets married. So what are your thoughts on that? listen it is really nice because when you think about it one of the things that you know another conversation people have is you know weddings have a wedding or buy a house like my parents even told me they were like listen we could either give you ten thousand dollars for a down payment or pay for a wedding Mm -hmm. well no I have my house already so I get to have the wedding that I want right right (laughs) Um, so I think it's, again, it's just a matter of choice and what lifestyle you want to live. If you are not ready to handle all the maintenance and the upkeep and the bills that come with owning a home, even, oh girl, even down to a damn HOA. I hate this shit. Oh my gosh. They are so annoying. Wait, explain what HOA is for those who don't know. So an HOA is a homeowners association and basically you pay them a fee every year to keep up with the community, make sure everything's looking good, make sure you, it don't look like you live in, you know, not the best area or anything like that. Make sure right. that everybody's lawns mowed, houses is kept up, kept up, all of that type of stuff. Right. 
But so another thing that I learned when I purchased my home, the owners before me did not do the best job keeping up with this place. I'm having to reverse a lot of the stuff that they did. And one of those things is I have these weeds. They're called Dallas grass weeds, which they are the hardest weeds to kill. Yo, I know this is good on your nerves because the fact that you know what type of weed it is. <laughs> like what? Yeah, because you have to know how to kill it and get rid of it. Um, so I have Dallas grass weeds and there was a professional who was coming and spraying for, you know, the weeds, but they just were not dying. And with these weeds, if you just mow over them, it's there, you're just spreading it all over the place. So that's what they did. It's all over my lawn. So my dad can spray on Sunday and the stuff is growing back by Monday or Tuesday. Oh my God. Yeah. They're in basis. (laughs) they are an invasive species like the stuff they use to kill it professionally they can't even use it anymore because of the toxins and whatever whatever um so we're just constantly just trying to figure out different ways to treat it to kill it and get it down um and so it's a process and so there's I've gotten letters from the HOA being like please mow your lawn take care of your weeds and I had to call and tell them listen this is what I'm dealing with. I am not intentionally not keeping my lawn kept up at a, you know, at a normal basis. It's right. just impossible. Like if you come on the wrong day, it's going to look like trash. How do they get there? Like they have somebody who comes to patrol and look at each house. No, I'm talking about the weeds. Like, cause oh, the, the weeds, like it had to come. How did, like, where did it grow from? Like, I have no idea. They, they had to, they had to have been here already in the sense they weren't taken care of when it was probably at a more minor state and they just kept mowing over it. And the, so when you mow over it, it's just spreading the seedlings all over the, Oh lawn. my God, that sounds scary as hell. <laughs> yeah. But so what my dad's been doing to try to prevent them growing even more is he actually bags all every time he mows so instead of the grass being spread out into the lawn it goes into a trash bag as he's mowing and you know every so often he has to change the bag out but that's just so that it doesn't get worse than it already Mm. is so it's a process um and so you're he mows it every other week uh you're really not supposed to mow it every week because you know you gotta let your grass kind of breathe um so by the time he comes back, it's like, it's time to get mowed. And so if they come and look on the wrong day, yeah, it's going to look trash. Right. Um, and I, I explained it to them and told them, listen, if I need to go talk to a neighbor who's complaining about it, like, let me know. Like, because it's really, it's really not that deep. I never let it get too bad. Like, right. <laughs> it's, it's what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. So one of the many things, again, that you learn in homeownership, like this, that's like the small stuff like that. Like you said, like I had to learn what the whole damn name of the weed is. <laughs> so wait, so would you let, if you meet somebody, would mm-hmm. you let them move in with you? Yeah, I think so. I, I used to be like, no, I'm not moving in with anybody until we're married. But as I've grown older, you got to figure out how other people live too, though right uh like how your partner lives and so I would let them move in with me and even after we got married you know I would say let's move into my house until we found a house that we wanted to get together and even then I wouldn't sell my house because I would just rent it out or make it an Airbnb or something like that so so the goal for you is to keep this house in your family oh for sure and pass it down Oh, that's what's up, man. I'm just so proud of you, big sis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, 
thank you. I'm just like, you know, I'm just blessed and humbled to be in the position that I am to be able to yeah. do this and thinking about my future kids and all of that stuff. Like if they decide to go to college here, they can live in this house. Right, right. So what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned during this process? Mm, be patient and trust your gut. Mm, facts. <laughs> And would you do it all over again? And if so, what would you do differently? I would definitely do it all over again. The next time I would actually be patient and trust my gut, (laughs) which Mm. I feel like towards the end is what I did. But in the beginning, you know, it stressed me out. Like it's a very stressful process. And there are some times when you're like, I want to give up and I don't want to do this anymore. Like in juicy easier route, just go get an apartment. But I really think at the end of the day, I would do this all over again, for sure, for this outcome. And oh my gosh, the peace, the peace that it brings me to be able to come home to my home. Yeah. You know? Facts. What are some tips you would give to the listeners on home ownership? Some tips on home ownership. Now, it's a little, because my situation is very different and unique, I think, because like I said, I was living at home when the pandemic started. And so all that extra money that I wasn't spending going out or driving to work or doing anything, it went into my savings. And that's how I was able to save enough to have a down payment for my house. But everybody's not in that position. Right. Um, and even sometimes, girl, my mental health, ooh, child, towards the end, I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> what was going on with your mental health? Like you was like. Just being, being under the roof with your parents after you've lived alone before like because you know I used to live on campus and then I moved Mm. back home it's a transition because you know you can't you can do what you want but you also can't do what you want exactly so it is mentally taxing and especially in the pandemic when we were all in the same roof and couldn't go anywhere we were all (laughs) up under each other like (laughs) I was gonna lose it (laughs) right right Wow, so you never rent before. This is your first time like ever living by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Outside of living on campus when I was an RA, I lived by myself. But other than that, yeah. Oh, wow. Campus life is so much fun, though. It is. And being an RA was fun, too, because I knew all the tea. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I can see your ass now. What happened? those residents you work down at that front desk they'll tell you everything (laughs) so what would you say some tips you would give to the listeners who are not in your position because I do think that since you did have a um I think that having support is like a luxury because a lot of people don't have it so I think that's amazing that your parents were able to assist you on this journey Mm -hmm. but for those who don't have it what would be some advice or some tips you would give them I would say be honest with yourself, be honest with your budget and what your goals are and follow through with that. Like if you're like, all right, I want to move into a house and you're currently living in an apartment, you're going to have to adjust your lifestyle to be able to save for a down payment. Uh, You're not going to be able to go on trips like that. That trip money is going to have to go into your down payment money. Like it's just, you're just going to have to be realistic with it. Um, And I think another thing is looking into the different types of loans that you can get. So since my credit score was what it was and I already had the down payment cash waiting in the bank, I didn't have to use a first-time homeowner's loan. I got to use a conventional loan. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But there are options where you don't even have to put a down payment down. There are those options. Uh, your monthly payment might be a little bit higher, but right. you won't have to put all that money up front. So again, finding somebody who can walk you, a good realtor is really key in this situation because um, they'll be able to guide you through it and get you connected with the right programs because there's so many different, I didn't even realize how many programs that were out there yeah. for first time home buyers, especially, like I said, if you don't have the money for a down payment or something like that, there's so many programs. And I think that's what scares people is the requirements, but it's like, there are so many resources that you can use to like, mm -hmm. especially when you are a first time home buyer. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say get your credit up too, because the higher your the higher your credit is, the lower your interest rate is going to be on that loan, mm -hmm. which is going to reduce your monthly payment. All right, PHGs, let's get this in the 700 clubs now. Okay? Let's go. Let's do it. With some 750s, okay? But sis, I just, praise report, I checked the other day and mine was at a 750. I said, okay. okay. Mine's is like a 730, 740. So I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Come on now. Come on, PhDs. <laughs> this is coming from a 400 credit score. So 7:30. So come on now. If I it's possible. Oh, it's possible. It's just a lot of work. But I think that by having these conversations, converse, conversations, conversations, and like <laughs> sharing these the knowledge between us can really help because a lot, like you say, a lot of parents don't talk to their kids about this. They don't. And I've had a lot of, you know, people reach out to me who, you know, saw that I bought my house by myself at the age that I did. And they were like, Hey, I'm about to be in the same boat as you. Can you give me some tips and what you did? So I'm definitely open to that. And I think everybody should be like, it, it shouldn't be this thing where it's just all secret. And, you know, yeah. it's just like spread the wealth. What, what's it going to hurt? I'm surprised. Um, like, like CNN or like Forbes or like people like different types of press haven't reached out to you because that's like a really big accomplishment girl they don't know who I am <laughs> yeah but you should reach out and like say oh, no I'm serious and like pitch your story yeah you know I just I never thought about it I, I honest to god I didn't realize like I knew it would be a big deal buying a house at the age that I was but I never realized how big of a deal it was until other people were like yo like this is major yeah, it's a big this is not deal. normal. Like, not everybody can say that, you know. Right, especially for a twenty-four, a black twenty-four-year-old. Like, normally, woman. Yeah, a black twenty-four-year-old woman. Like, I don't know. I want to say nine times out of ten, some either you come from money or you're a celebrity. Like, yeah, yeah. And they're doing like you don't really see young women straight out of college doing that. Yeah, because I mean, everything, it was by myself. Like, you know, I had my parents' health, but all the money, like, it was me. It was all me. It was like my destiny it's so cheesy my destiny was in my hands yeah facts facts and last but not least what does home ownership means to you oh that's a good one home ownership to me means peace mm. I have so much peace being in my house like sometimes I'm just sitting on my couch watching tv and I'm like wow like I really did that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. even when I'm down sometimes in my therapy sessions, like when I'm when I'm complaining about all the ghettoness there is to being a homeowner and you know, oh they had to replace my water, whatever. You know what right. I mean? My therapist is like, listen, it's it's kind of like that thing where they're like touch grass, go outside and touch grass. She's like, touch a wall in your house that you yeah. bought and like remember, remember, just remember where you came from, basically. 
and realize, you know, how much of a privilege it really is. It really is a privilege. Oh, no, it's a blessing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say peace. You think you'll buy another home soon? Not soon, but like. I would say that I probably won't buy another house until I meet the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Because I just don't. Or, you know, if I get a really good job opportunity not here, then that's. An, I, even if I moved, I would get a house still. Right. I would use the equity from this house to buy my next house. Right. Well, professional homegirls, I hope y'all enjoy this inspiring conversation I had with my big sis. <laughs> Girl, cut out, cut it out. Um, if you have any questions, comments, want to say hey, girl, hey, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And I thought this was such a delightful conversation. Yes, super excited to be here. And y'all just keep going. That's all I have to say. Keep going, professional homegirls. And until next time, everyone, later. Bye. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.